Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. I love Thanksgiving. What's not to love about turkey and all, all the fixings? Reminds me that I got married. That's always a good thing to be reminded of in an anniversary. Uh, and, uh, and we celebrate our 35th tomorrow. And we are uh, very thankful that God has kept us together and been with us all the way. Thanksgiving is, a, is an opportunity to give thanks. And we're going to reflect on a number of things to give thanks for this morning. We've celebrated God's goodness in our life uh, today. Now, I'm going to continue our series on spiritual formation, how God transforms us. And in it, we're going to see some things to give thanks for. I'm thankful that God takes us where we're at, but doesn't leave us where we're at. Uh, He helps us enter into a process of, of change for our good and for his glory. You heard the scripture read, put all falsehoods, speak truthfully, don't sin in your anger, don't steal, but work so you can share with others in need. Uh, Your talk is meant to benefit those who listen. Get rid of bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander and every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, uh, in Christ God forgave you. That's transformation, right? This is change, um, and maybe you've felt the need for change. You see your life, or you see an area of your life, and you know it needs to be transformed. How do you go from where you are to where you feel called to be? How do you go from where you are to where you know God wants you to be? What you need to know is that, well, change doesn't usually happen overnight. God could snap his fingers and instantly, spiritually change you and you'd be fully mature. Um, But he doesn't usually. Uh, In fact, what he normally does is, just like babies grow up to be children who grow up to be youth, who grow up to be young adults, we mature over time as well. There is something in that process of maturing that allows our heart to open up to God. So this morning, I want to describe the process of transformation. Uh, This week is going to be joined with next week because I can't get to the whole process today. Um, But we're going to build a a, a picture of the the stages of, of spiritual growth. Now, I'm going to describe the the stages of spiritual growth on two levels. One, I want to talk about your overall spiritual journey. What was it like to come to Christ, and how do we grow up into maturity in Christ? But those same stages are also ways that God takes us and uses them in an area of our life. So you've come to Christ, but there are some areas in your life where you need to grow up and mature. And so we're going to talk about these classical stages of spiritual formation. First one is awakening. And we're going to talk about that today. In fact, we're going to spend all of today on awakening. And we're going to talk about 
renunciation and cleansing. We're going to talk about illumination and aliveness. And we're going to talk about this deep union with God. But first of all, let's start with awakening. Jesus was preaching his Sermon on the Mount. And this is what he said, Matthew chapter 7. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Here's what you need to know. There are many, many paths to get to the gate. But there's only one gate. Uh, there's only, there are many paths to get to the kingdom of God. But there's only one door that you can enter in. Some of you search for a good long while. And some of you, like me, had parents who pointed you towards the gate. Some of you had hardship and trouble. And you ended up saying, oh, yeah, I need something different. And that's what brought you to the gate. The Spirit of God is, is constantly nudging and prodding us towards the gate. But you have to respond to that nudge. You have to pass through the gate in order to enter this new life. This morning we'll be celebrating communion. We'll remember the cross of Christ. And the cross is what the, the gate is made of. The, the gate leads to life. It leads into the kingdom of God. It's about the way to abundant life. The gate is not a church door. It's not a religious door. The Bible describes the gate as narrow. The gate is Jesus himself and what he's done. To enter this gate, we need to come through Jesus. That means humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, I've sinned. I've fallen short of the glory of God. I've broken God's laws. But I, I know right now there's, we don't have the relationship that I want. Lord, would you walk me into a relationship with the living God? We need Jesus to perform a miracle on our, half. We, we, on our behalf. We need him to take away our sin and give us new life. And what we find on the other side of the gate is this new life. The, the Bible describes it as moving from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Moving into the king's territory where he rules and, and things are different. We go through the gate that is Jesus and in doing so, we commit ourselves to following Jesus. And if you've never done that, I would encourage you to do that. You can do that by simply praying a prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you. It's, if you pray a prayer like that in faith, Jesus walks you through that gate into new life. Now, there are many labels for walking through that gate, becoming a Christian, being saved, being born again. But today I want to use the, the term awakening. The awakening can be gradual or it can be radical. It can take place through an extraordinary experience with God or happen in an everyday event. But there's two parts to this awakening. There is this encounter with God. And then there is this encounter with ourselves. You may remember Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6 tells of this vision of Isaiah and he says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up the, 
uh, and seated on his throne, the train of his robe filled the temple, had this vision of the glory of God. He had this encounter with God. What was his response? Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a, a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the Lord of glory. You step through this, this gate, and you have this encounter with God. And you see God as loving and gracious and full of compassion and inviting you in. And we see ourselves. We have this encounter with our true selves, and ah, it doesn't look so good doesn't feel so good sometimes. We see it. And yet then we, we, we have this, uh, there's two emotions that come up after that. And, and they may come immediately or they may come in some time, but the emotions are a comfort and a threat. Comfort is that God sees me as I am and he, he loves me and he's faithful and he's forgiven me and he's there. And the threat is that, uh, well, you've seen the true self and the picture isn't perfect. And, you know, if you compare yourself with others, sometimes the comparison turns out fine. If you compare yourself with God and you have this encounter with God, you see him, you see yourself, and in light of who he is, you know that things have to change. But you're not sure you want to change. You have this comfort because God is there and he loves you, but you have this threat, oh no, I don't know what to do with that. The reality of us is, is that many of us come to God and when, when you see what God wants, he wants his goal is to have this deep relationship with you. And when you're just at that beginning stage, you, usually you feel like, like God is a means to a lifelong desire for security and happiness. God is going to help me to be happy. See, life is all about me, and God's going to help me get what I want. Most likely, our, our lifestyle is reflective of the world's agenda. Our schedule, our time, our money are all built around family and work and entertainment. And we don't really see how God connects to any one of these. There's sin, but we don't really think about it as sin. How we treat people, people we're in relationship with, how we treat ourselves is, is often divorced from the fact that we've come into this relationship with God. But there's an awakening and there's this comforting and, and we feel that God is walking with us and it's good and yet we feel threatened at the same time because over time we, we get the sense that we have to change. Let me talk to those of you who are listening to me and you're around this, this place of awakening in life of Christ. Here's what you need to know. Come with me to 1 Corinthians. It will be on the screen. I hope it's on the screen. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Paul's Overlook Paul's frustration with this church. And here's what he says. Look at what he says about when you're young in Christ, an infant in Christ. 
Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who, who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, merely infants in Christ. I gave you milk and not solid food, for you were not ready for it yet. Indeed, you're still not ready for it. You're still worldly, uh, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? You're not acting like, are you not acting like mere humans? For one says, I'm following Paul, another says, I'm a follower of Paulus. Are you not mere human beings? This tells us about when we're mere infants in Christ, not living by the Spirit. They need this special diet because they can't handle all of God's truth. They need, they're still worldly, it says. They're reacting to the situations as they've always reacted to situations. There's jealousy, there's quarreling, and they're talking, taking sides on issues that sides don't need to be taken on. Paul's the best, Apollos is the best, was the argument of that day, when in fact our faith is about Jesus. These people, you know, when you come to Jesus, it's kind of messy trying to get things sorted out. And if you are in a church where there are people who are just new in Jesus, it can get messy as well. Pretty crazy, though, if parents were to say to their baby, you smell, I'm not going near you. You're kind of annoying when you cry all the time. I'm not going to go near you. Um, it'd be pretty crazy for the church to say, ah, you're merely infants, you know. Get on with it. Grow up. That's not how it works, right? I haven't seen that in this church. I'm thankful for that. I see a lot of grace and patience around here, and I'm so, and I'm so glad for that. I love being around new Christians. It can be awkward, but, but I, I really love it. You know, because, well, if before you became a Christian... Your coping mechanism when things went wrong was to go out and get drunk. After you become a Christian and you still haven't learned how to rely on Jesus, when things go wrong, your coping mechanism is to go out and get drunk, but then you call your pastor. Awkward conversation. Um, but all of us have to start somewhere, right? And that's awesome. There's some real dangers and there's some real uh, uh, as, and challenges in this part of the spiritual journey. In fact, if you've changed sides and gone from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, like the Bible says, you know that the enemy of your soul is going to be out to destroy your faith. And so all kinds of things, you'll encounter these challenges. Temptations are rampant. Some of those temptations come from the enemy of your soul. Some come from our own desires. Some come from our social networks that don't want to see us change. And our values are in flux. And we used to value what the world values. And, but God is giving a different love. And they're in conflict with each other. And it gets really messy. But that's part of the awakening. You're awakening to life in God. Shame is often a real factor in this stage of the spiritual life. 
they start hanging out with Christians, and, and they look like, you know, when, when they're hanging out with Christians, it, it looks like everything is, they've got everything under control and everything's going well. And sometimes if they're in a place where you feel like you have to put up a front and you have to look good and you have to somehow come across better than you are, I hope you don't feel that around here. I really do. I hope that you feel free to be who you are in Jesus. Sometimes you see, you take a look at yourself and oh, I see them, I see me, I'm nowhere close and there's this shame factor that's, that sets in. And shame can be devastating to the spiritual journey. I want you to know that Jesus loves you and accepts you. And the people who are walking with Jesus will love you and accept you. And they know it takes time to grow in your faith. So you have these temptations that are rampant and this feeling of shame, I'm not measuring up to what I want or what I think I should be. And yet at the same time, there's something good going on. There's something really good happening in you. You sense, well, it's this, there's life there. You, you sense this relationship with God happening, and, and it is really good. Um, if you're in the stage right now, I want you to know that you can't make yourself grow. Um, all you can do is cooperate with God. It's not your job to, if you're an infant in Christ, to become a teenager overnight. No, it's God who causes the growth. Just keep on responding to what God is prompting to you to do. Think of your, think of your spiritual life as a plant. If uh, a plant is fed right, the right stuff, and watered the right way, given enough sunlight, it'll grow. Unless, of course, you poison it. Your spiritual life will grow if you feed it. Um, it'll grow, unless you poison it too much. You don't have to force yourself to grow. Just have to cooperate with God. Learn to talk with God. That's what we call prayer. Uh, get to know Jesus. Read the New Testament over and over and over again. Get to know Jesus. You can trust God to show you what the next step is in your spiritual life. Get a spiritual friend, spiritual mentor that can help you along the way. Encourage you to just keep on you know you've come through the stage of awakening when after giving your life to Jesus uh, it's become more than an experiment you have become convinced that well, God's way is the right way I don't always get it right but God's way is the right way you're choosing to follow him it's starting to become a way of life you, you know it might get hard at, at, at points, and there's still a lot of stuff you don't understand, but, but you know that it is right and good, and this is the way that leads to life. That's the awakening. We're going to go on to the other three stages in the spiritual life next week. But let me talk to you who have been with Jesus for a long time. You can probably remember back to when your heart awakened with, with Christ. And 
and you gave your heart to Jesus, and you remember kind of growing up and in the Lord, it was a wonderful thing to do. That is a wonderful thing to look back and celebrate on Thanksgiving. We're going to do that together as we take part in communion today. We're going to celebrate what Jesus has, has done for us. But remember when I said that this isn't just about the overall spiritual life. The awakening can be about areas of your life. You've come through this initial stage maybe 20, 30 years ago. But if you're following God, there will be other times of awakening. You've come through the gate, but there's areas of your life that have yet to be touched by God's transforming power. There comes in a time where, and this happens not always, but regularly, where we're touched by the power of God. And it may be an awe for who he is, or it may be a conviction of an area of our life. And we have this encounter with God, and we see who God is, and we encounter our true selves, and we see, oh, this area doesn't quite fit with what God's trying to do in my life. You've come through the gate, but you see that there's something else that needs to be transformed. Maybe it's how you talk to others. Maybe it's an area of forgiveness. Maybe it's an area that goes way back in your life, and there was a hurt that has never been dealt with. Maybe it's something that needs to be healed in your spirit. You have something going on in the past, but it's affecting the present. Or maybe it's just how you're using your time, how you're using your resources. You have this encounter with God, and you see yourself. And it can be both comforting and threatening as well. You see, you've come to understand God for who he is, and the chances are that if whatever God is calling you to change has been there for a while, then you know that it's, well, it's going to be a challenge to see it changed. It's good news. You're not left to your own devices. It's not about all, all about you and your willpower. It's about God calling you into something. If God is calling you to do something, he's going to give you the power to do it. Your job will be to figure out how to cooperate with God. And you've come to know that God's on your side and he wants what's good and that's really comforting and you've come to know that change is hard and you've been this way for a while. Why, why do something different? Awakening is the first step into transformation. Next week we'll talk about renunciation and cleansing and becoming fully alive and having this deep union with God. In all these things there is this. God is on your side. God will only do what you allow him to do. He doesn't force himself on you. But he has invited you into this relationship to make you fully alive, where you're sharing and walking in relationship to him. And that is something to give thanks for. Let's pray.
Jesus, thank you for when you awakened us. If there's anybody here who hasn't given their life to Jesus, I pray that this morning they would take that step. Thank you, Lord, that you just don't invite us through the gate and leave us, that, in fact, you walk with us, and that you awaken different parts of our heart as well. Lord, I pray that as we walk uh, through this week, that we become aware of what you're doing in our lives, and that we cooperate with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.